It's time to take off your clothes, enjoy clothes-free living, and join us for Naked, Nudist, and Naturist. Welcome to Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, the show that celebrates clothes-free living for all. I'm your host, Frank Stone. And I'm your correspondent, Lisa Monroe, and I'll be reporting on all things within the Naturist community, so it's time to get naked and join us. And enjoy clothes-free living on Naked, Nudists, and Naturists. Welcome on in to Naked, Nudists, and Naturists, episode 7 today. That's 7 out of 100 gazillion trillion octillion, (laughs) because we're going to be here forever pumping out a brand new show for you. Every Saturday morning at 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. The only exception to the every week thing will be holidays. And if I suddenly have to fly out of town uh, to deal with my mother's health care situation, long story, she lives far away and sometimes things do happen. Otherwise, every Saturday morning, 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time, we thank you for being with us. We cannot do this without you, so we do thank you very sincerely for being with us. Uh, Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, uh, episode uh, 7 today. On today's show, of course, we will have our uh, regular weekly report uh, from Lisa Monroe, our out-in-the-field naturist correspondent. And uh, during the second hour today, uh, we will play part one of an interview that I recently did with author D.H. Jonathan. His real name is Dan Hawkins. He said we can use his real name as well. Longtime naturist, longtime nude model uh, for art classes. Heads out to the Beta Breakers uh, every year for the last uh, several years and gets naked as a jaybird and walks the entire uh, race. So we'll talk to uh, D.H. Jonathan uh, slash uh, Dan Hawkins uh, a little bit later today. Part one of my interview with him. And then I'll get to a couple of things in just a moment. But just to remind you, it is clothes-free living for all of the right reasons. Are we naked in the studio? Uh, Yeah, 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 we certainly are. Do we work naked in the office even when we're not working on this particular show? Well, you, you better believe it uh, because we are naturists and we love the clothes-free living, uh, that lifestyle, uh, for all of the right reasons. We encourage you to do it, too. Do you have your clothes off right now while you're listening? Well, great. We hope you do. That's the whole point. If you are not, uh, what are you waiting for? Get naked and join us. You have about uh, 57 and a half minutes left of this show, so make the very best of it and join us uh, for the fun here. Now, if you're out uh, at the grocery store or if you're driving around town, no, 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 keep your clothes on. We don't want to do anything silly around here. And then uh, maybe you can listen to the show again uh, next week or maybe even later tonight or tomorrow uh, with your clothes off. Well, we get a lot of uh, email here, as you might have guessed. Uh, our email address, nakedforevermore at gmail.com. We encourage you to write in. We enjoy all of the emails. I personally read every single one of them and respond to every single one of them. Uh, if it's particular for Lisa Monroe, I'll shove it uh, her way and she will respond. We share the same email address, so we both have access. Nakedforevermore at gmail.com. We also get a couple of comments on our website and uh, comments on the uh, Spotify app as well. And we ask you to do that. Uh, please send in your comments, your suggestions, uh, what you like about the show. It, it, we, we enjoy reading those, and so please uh, do that early and often. One of the ones that came up a lot uh, during the past uh, week or two, I talked about uh, new jogging on the beach every morning. I do that every morning between uh, maybe 4 o'clock a.m., 5 o'clock a.m., whenever I get up and uh, get out there. And, uh, of course, you know, walk to the beach, 
right across the road from me. A1A in uh, Florida. I walk there. I walk down the dunes, and the clothes come off. The only thing I wear there to begin with is a pair of gym shorts. So it's not as though I have, you know, 10 layers of clothing on. Uh, the gym shorts come off, and I run naked. I get my uh, jogging in, trying to keep my health in check so I can live to be, uh, you know, 5,000 years old or so. But the question that came up uh, over and over again was uh, while I'm running naked, and while it's still dark, don't forget that it's dark and nobody is there. I have no desire to be seen running naked. That's not the point. The point is the clothes-free living jogging naked at the beach, the fresh air, uh, the waves, just the smell of the ocean. I love every second of it. I wish I could run all day in the dark down there, but of course, you know, the sun comes up. That defeats that whole purpose. But over and over, uh, people asked, uh, while I'm running naked, do I carry any clothes with me you know, in case somebody does come down? And the answer is yes. Yeah, we don't want to be foolish or risky. That's not the point of naturism. Some people do that you know, to get a thrill, to exhibitionism thing, and oh boy, maybe I can trick the system. And uh, Whether they get caught or not, then they pay the price or they don't. No, that's not what we do at all. Uh, there's no risk involved. So I do run naked on the beach every morning, and literally seven days a week go down there and run. And I carry uh, really two things with me, uh, my cell phone and a pair of gym shorts. So the shorts I wore to the beach and took off, I carry them with me while I run. Just in case, you know, the one in a zillion uh, chance that somebody pops down to the beach, you know, couldn't sleep, whatever, they decide to go for a walk on the beach at 4 in the morning, 4.30 a.m., 5 a.m., whatever, and I encounter somebody. And then the shorts would go on. That's never happened, by the way. Never, ever happened in uh, all of the days, weeks, months, and now even a few years of uh, running naked pretty much every day at the beach. So, yes, I do carry shorts with me. Now, occasionally, instead of going uh, to the beach uh, right by my house, I'll drive down a mile or two or three to some other great running places on the beach just to vary my running pattern so I don't get stuck in a rut and do the same thing over and over. Uh, when I do, then, of course, I have a third item. I have my gym shorts, my phone, and now my keys. Not a big deal. Very easy to carry while I run. All uh, very light items. So that answers that question. People want to know, while I'm running naked on the beach at 4 in the morning or 5 in the morning while it's still dark with nobody down there, do I still carry clothes with me? And the answer is yes. No risk involved. Just enjoying the clothes-free living life uh, for all of the right reasons. And if somebody were to pop down there, well, the shorts go on. And then I'm just a guy jogging on the beach with a pair of gym shorts, which uh, you see every day. Now, we got a poem uh, sent to us by a gentleman uh, by the name of Paul Priestley. He said I can use his name. And up front, he said, I recently found your show after listening to the most recent The Naturist Living show. I really like your program because it fits me and my beliefs very well. So well, in fact, that I want to share a poem with you that I recently wrote that I feel fits in nicely with a comment you made in episode one, here is the poem. I hope you enjoy it. I wrote back uh, to thank Paul Priestley for the terrific poem. And I said, you know, would you mind if I read it on one of the shows? And he responded with, I would be honored to have my poem read. And yes, you have permission to read it on the air. I'm a life coach who firmly believes that when a person can take their clothes off and look at themselves in a full length mirror and love what they see, they are ready to begin a life altering transition from mental emotional programming. I'm a member of the Triangle Area Naturist in North Carolina and find lasting happiness in myself when I can shed my societal costume and live my true self. 
My name is Paul Priestley. If you want to include that as well, as I am an unashamed naturist. Well, how about that? So here is the poem uh, that Paul Priestley uh, sent along. What? You go to places where everyone's undressed? Why can't you wear clothes like all the rest? Clothes are facades. They don't make us real. Can you be open to know how I feel? Yes, they see all of me. I cannot hide. But what they see of me is on the inside. I have bumps and scars and rolls I may not like. But when others criticize, they can take a hike. To live with such freedom has no name. To rid the mind of such bodily shame. The Bible says, let your light so shine. Societal clothing covers up mine. I used to be shy. How my confidence has grown. I feel deep inside I am growing into my own. To say how I feel I can't express. To know how I feel you must undress. And that's uh, from Paul Priestley. And Paul, we thank you uh, for that poem and keep them coming. Uh, Very well done. We also got an email from a gentleman who goes by the name Austin. He says, hello, I'm loving your show so far. Great to have a new voice in naturist media. I have a suggestion for an episode. I would love for y'all to dive into the relationship between religion and naturism. I am a born-again Christian who believes naturism can be practiced in a God-honoring way. There are many, however, who disagree vehemently with me. I would love you to interview someone of faith and see their perspective, positive or negative. And they passed along uh, some suggestions uh, for guests, uh, and I had to write back to him. We already have somebody booked. I don't want to give the names away. I don't have permission to do that. But they are going to be on episodes 17 and 18, which are scheduled to air on October 21 and 28. It's a married couple, uh, Christians, born again, Bible-believing. They have their own website that explains why naturism was God's plan to begin with. So we will do that uh, in October. We got an email from Scott. I was just listening to episode three, a great episode as always. Nudity was always allowed in movies beginning in 1968 when the Hays Code was ended and replaced with the rating system we have today, the RPGG, etc. The Hays Code came about in 1934 after some movies had nudity as there was no regulation against it. The movie that led to the Hays Code was Tarzan and His Mate. The big issue in the film was Jane played by Margaret O'Sullivan, skinny-dipping in the jungle. They used a body double for the swim, though. It took 34 years to get rid of that restrictive code. Uh, Scott often weighs in on historical facts around naturism. So, Scott, we thank you very much. There's a woman uh, who owns a naturist uh, resort uh, over by uh, Spain, uh, the Canary Islands, I believe. And her name is Carrie, and she's going to be a guest on our show for episodes uh, 21 and 22. She owns the BHH Naturist Resort in Fuerteventura. Good thing I took Spanish class uh, way back when. Well, she has a post on her website uh, for her Naturist Resort, Nude News, Sunny Greetings. And she says, for those of you dreaming of catching the rays, a gentle reminder that sunshine provides several benefits to our well-being. And she gave several examples. I asked her if we could read these on the air, and uh, she gave approval. So here we go. Number one, vitamin D. Exposure to sunlight triggers the synthesis of vitamin D in our skin, which is essential for strong bones, a healthy immune system, and various bodily functions. Number two, mood enhancement. Sunlight stimulates the production of serotonin, a neurotransmitter that contributes to feelings of happiness and well-being, helping to alleviate stress and anxiety. Number three, improved sleep. 
Exposure to natural light during the day helps regulate our internal body clock, promoting better sleep patterns and overall sleep quality. Number four, immune system support. Sunlight exposure can boost the immune system by increasing the production of white blood cells and enhancing their ability to fight off infections. Number five, skin health. Moderate sun exposure can be beneficial for certain skin conditions like psoriasis and eczema as it helps to soothe inflammation and promote healing. Number six, bone health. Vitamin D produced by sunlight plays a vital role in calcium absorption, promoting strong and healthy bones. And number seven, the last one, increased energy. Sunlight exposure can enhance alertness and energy levels, contributing to increased productivity and motivation. And then she ends by saying, remember, there are no strangers in this world, just friends we've yet to meet. A naked friend is just a normal friend without the wrapper. And uh, we like Carrie a lot here. Can't wait to get her on the show. But check out her, uh, her site, the BHH Naturist Resort in Fuerteventura. And uh, the show notes uh, does contain uh, the website and also a link uh, to this article. We have a gentleman uh, named Steve uh, coming up uh, on the show as one of our guests on episode 11 and 12, and he sent along uh, some additional information on the World Naked Bike Ride. And I'll just go ahead and read uh, his email to us. So he did give permission. Thanks for your podcast. I am enjoying them. Just wanted to comment on something mentioned in the very first episode, the interview with Renita Westall. Both Renita and you seemed unaware of the activist component of the World Naked Bike Ride. They're not simply naked people riding bikes. The movement started as an environmental protest about oil dependency. Over time, it's also morphed into a statement about cyclist visibility. It's also attended by people who do not identify as naturists but are open to the philosophy. Keep up the great work, Steve. So, Steve, thank you very much uh, for the additional information. We don't know it all around here. We never claim uh, that we do. So whatever we hear from you, uh, the listener, including Steve in this case, we appreciate it very much. We'll have a few more uh, tidbits a little bit later in the show, but uh, just to remind you, you're listening to Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, Episode 7 today. Thank you for being with us. A brand new show for you every Saturday morning at 6 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. You can find it uh, by going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Audible. We're on all four platforms right now. And don't forget to check out our website, nakednudistandnaturist.com. And send along your comments. You can send them to our email address, which is nakedforevermore at gmail.com, or put them on our website or send them to Spotify, wherever you want to send them. We will gather them and read as many as we can on the air. So thank you again for being with us. Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, Episode 7. So let's bring in our correspondent, Lisa Monroe. Good morning, Lisa. How are you today? Good morning, Frank. I'm great. And how about yourself? I'm doing fine. We're both extra beyond belief, phenomenally naked today. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Which is the only way to go to begin with in life, as far as I'm concerned. I know you, you think the same, but you know, doing a naturist show, some people uh, you know, send emails, and I address this on the show. Mm -hmm. Are we really naked while we do the interviews, while we do the show? And it's like, well, yeah, because it's we are naturists to begin with. So we're always naked, but doing a naturist show, can you imagine wearing blue jeans and a sweatshirt while doing a naturist show? Well, that would be kind of foolish unless you were in a situation where it was super, super cold and, you know, you were like, <laughs> you know what, not doing this today. 
<laughs> I do not want to become mm. a popsicle. So, um, but otherwise, no, I think um, in, nature is just what it is. And that's people who just don't like clothes. There you go. All right. Well, we are going to free some nipples today. Yes, you've already, we are. You've already freed yours up, which is good. Uh, but what, what's going on out there in the world with the Free the Nipple campaign? Well, you know, I had heard about this and I kind of stumbled across something about it uh, a little while ago. And, and I thought, my gosh, yes, that's me. You know, the first thing that comes off is the bra. I can't stand it. And But this whole campaign came about... Um, as an equality movement for, for women. And you know, it's just one of those other barriers that we've always had. So like the bike day, it started out as a sort of political movement, a social movement, so to mm-hmm. speak, um, about women's equality. And cause you know, if you're sitting on the beach or you're sitting at a park and the dude you're with has, or the men around you have no shirts on, why do we have to have one too? Mm-hmm. And the argument is, you know, that this is not a sexual thing, that this is just a part of our body and it's, you know, not used for sexual purposes. It's not intended for use for sexual purposes. So let's get them out there and let them have fresh air. <laughs> so, so the campaign started in New York City, from what I understand, by a filmmaker. I think her name was Lena Ensco. And she, it was back in 2012, so this is not a you know a new thing. Mm-hmm. And she took a video of herself walking through New York topless and posted it to social media. And apparently, it went crazy under the "Free the Nipple" hashtag. Okay. And she got support from a ton, ton of celebrities. And and you know, unfortunately, in our world, we need that celebrity, you know, kind of stamp of approval before a lot of people will even pay attention to things. It's, it's, you know, it's grown and it's, and it's working, but it's, um, can still be a problem for women who, even in those areas where it's legal to do. Okay. Now a couple of things on that many years ago, I'm guessing 30 or 40 years ago, as I like to say, way before I was born. Of course. (laughs) They had this whole deal. uh, Yeah. where, Where women got together to burn their bras. Yep. And because I was much younger and much more immature, I thought, well, this is great. Do they need some help? <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to be there. Uh, but I've grown to understand it's really not about showing the breast because we're sexualizing things. That's the exact opposite of the goal here. I still have no idea. And I've, I've asked this of a number of people, men and women, why women cannot walk around with their shirts off because men certainly can. I can mow my grass with no shirt. I can be on the beach all day and all night with no shirt. If you as a woman try either one, you'll probably find some level of resistance, maybe even law enforcement. Do we have any idea where this came from and why it hasn't gone away in by 2023? You know, I think it's still back to this. Um, I don't know if it's protection if it's um, my sense that women are restricted from doing things, and this is going to sound terribly feminist, I don't mean it for it to sound that way. Mm-hmm. What I mean for it to sound is basically the truth that men have a tendency to look at naked women as sexual objects. And therefore, if there's one walking down the street, then that's where their head goes instead of, oh, that's a lovely woman. Oh, not even paying attention to it. Then it starts a series of things that most women don't appreciate and most men don't act like they can control, which I know better. Yeah. 
So I don't know if it's a control issue, if it's a fear issue, but it is certainly a you're not doing that because I don't want you to issue. You know, part of that to me is normalizing the darn thing. You know, if we see today, right today, if we see 25 women walking down the street naked as men, we're going to say, hey, look Mm -hmm. at this. This is pretty Mm -hmm. good news. This is exciting and so on and so forth. But if we see 25 naked women walking down the street every day for the next several weeks, months, years, it just becomes normal. Just like there was a time women didn't wear pants. They had to wear a dress or a skirt. And when they put pants on, it's like, oh, look at the shape of that. And now it's just nobody looks a second time. It's normal. Will we ever get to that point, do you think, where it's normal to see women without a shirt in public as we see men all the time? Considering how things are kind of rolling around right now with with the restrictions that are starting to come on uh, everything that we do, you know, everyone's trying to protect us from something. I don't know. I think it's kind of so much ties into the naturist movement and that naturists are trying to get how we feel about being in commune with nature as part of the normal day-to-day life for ourselves and for other people that that there's some there's some real tie-in here and there's the, I think the same stigmas apply for women at least in both and not so sure for men but in for women I think it's both kind of situations so I don't know it's it's I'm hoping I would love to see that. I don't think there's an issue with this. We've now sort of come across that barrier of women nursing in public, but you know as well as I do, if you see it, somebody's going to complain about it. There's always going to be somebody. And that's one thing that I think people need to understand. Women need to understand, regardless of where you are, and if the laws on the books and the municipal codes and all those things do not um, ban topless in public you can still be arrested you can still be charged with public indecency or disturbing the peace or lewd behavior because they can now the article that i read when i was following up on this said that hey if that's the only crime you've committed, you know, you weren't jaywalking or, you know, you didn't throw trash on the ground, then odds are that will get thrown out of court. Sue the the, um, jurisdiction and you'll probably be okay. But do you want to take that risk? Most women probably wouldn't take that risk. All right, because it's still a bad day. It's still money for an attorney. Exactly. And it just begin, begins to be a hassle. And that, that's where that kind of uh, law enforcement becomes intimidation. Like, I'm a woman. The law says I can walk around topless. But if I do, I might have to shell out several hundred bucks for an attorney and have something on my record. Exactly. That's not right. That's not right at and, all. Is and remember, we talked about this in, in uh, about the uh, naturists in Australia who were, you know, there was a, a beach there that was traditionally always a naturist beach. Mm-hmm. And yet all of a sudden people started getting ticketed for and fined for being naked on that beach when there's no real law against it. But the police started to crack down, probably at the insistence of some irate person who complained. So, you know, it's these are the things that we're all running into. And that's why I think that this topless day, not only is it good and fun, especially for those of us who want to do this, it's also a situation where this impacts all of us, male or female, and we need to be, you know, we need to think about this. 
Yeah. Now, of course, the biggest city that's doing this is New York. Uh, you and I are both in Florida. But if you were in New York City on August 26th this year, could you see yourself doing that, just uh, walking up yes. and down the street topless? Absolutely. Yeah. And and right. there is, I think, some safety in numbers, too, right. and, and a way of, of you know, showing solidarity if you want and you know it's like any other movement to to right any sort of idiotic wrong um i think that you know the, the more women who participate the better situation this will be for everyone but it just comes back to that mindset of how we're brought up how we're taught and how we look at the human body and if we can do what we want to do as naturist then please, um, you know, think about this and embrace it and enjoy it. And so Go Topless Day is on Saturday, August 26th. So Mm -hmm. ladies, go out there and, and, you know, free the tits. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, uh, you mentioned that there's power in numbers. If every Mm -hmm. woman in the United States, or I guess around the world, took their top off and said, you know what, to heck with you guys, we're all topless. Well, they can't arrest all of you. And so they'll probably at some point say, okay, that's it. The party's over. Women, you can go walk around topless. And then we've won, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just, it takes, it's back to that same thing we've talked about. It's the fear. It's the exposure. It's the attitude of people around you. And that keeps people from doing the things they truly want to do. If anyone out there is interested in this Go Topless Day, they can go to gotopless.org. That way they will give the um, information, tell you how to get involved in your city, see if it's going to happen in your city. And if you want to, go out there and and enjoy it. All right, Uh, Lisa Monroe, I know you will have your nipples free all day and all night and again tomorrow. Yes. (laughs) Because that's what you do. (laughs) Uh, But we thank you for your report. Go out there and uh, stay extra naked. Have a great day. We'll talk next time. Absolutely. Have fun, Frank. Bye. All right, you too. Thanks. Bye. That, of course, is our uh, weekly correspondent out in the field, uh, Lisa Monroe, and uh, we enjoy her reports, and I know that you do as well. We'll get another one from her uh, on next week's uh, show. You know, I also forgot to mention uh, we have a presence on Twitter now. It's uh, building, and we're getting there, but you can contact us there as well. Uh, Same way, uh, Naked, Nudist, and Naturist. Just type that in. It'll take you right to our Twitter page. We try to uh, give likes and retweets uh, where appropriate, and we respond to everybody there. A lot of times our administrative assistant, uh, Jennifer Hill, will do the responding in the messages, but sometimes I do too, and we try to make it clear as to which one of us is responding. But the uh, tweets, retweets, likes, I usually do those myself, but you can find us there. And one of the people we found uh, is part of a married couple. They live in the Netherlands, uh, Amsterdam. Uh, John and Marion, and they have a website I want you to check out because it's terrific. It's all about naturism. And it's an abbreviation, I guess, uh, for uh, uh, naturism, ntrsm.com, ntrsm.com in the show notes as well. And that's John and Marion. They run this site together, and they are fantastic about spreading the word of closed free living for the right reasons. But they sent a letter to us, and I want to go ahead and read that. We had the pleasure of listening to the podcast by the enthusiastic naturist duo, Frank Stone and Lisa Monroe. 
And we must say, it's a refreshing and informative experience. The duo's passion for clothes-free living shines through in every episode as they explore a wide range of subjects related to naturism. From inspiring naturist stories to thought-provoking interviews, they cover it all. We particularly appreciated their focus on accepting one's body and developing a positive self-image, promoting body positivity and self-confidence. The hosts, Frank Stone and Lisa Monroe, make for an engaging team and their enthusiasm for social naturism is contagious. Their discussions about nude recreation and the benefits of embracing naturism for the right reasons are thoughtfully presented and create an open, welcoming atmosphere. Overall, the podcasts are a celebration of the naturist lifestyle, shedding light on its joys and advocating for body acceptance. Whether you're a seasoned naturist or just curious to learn more, these podcasts are well worth a listen, highly recommended. And we thank uh, John and Marion from their uh, naturist website, ntrsm.com. Check them out and give them a hello as well. They're on uh, Twitter, which is where we met them uh, as well. And again, if you'd like to write in, you know our email address, nakedforevermore at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on our website, nakednudistandnaturist.com. You leave a message there. You can leave a message on Spotify if you want to leave a message. A lot of places to do so. And again, you're listening to Naked, Nudist, and Naturist, Episode 7. Let's get to Part 1 now of my interview with D.H. Jonathan. That's his pen name. His real name in real life is Dan Hawkins. He's out of Texas, and he's a longtime naturist, longtime nude model for art classes. He tells us 38 years he's been doing that. He's been showing up at the Beta Breakers and getting naked as a jaybird for the last several years. And he's also written a number of books, uh, naturism fiction. So let's get to it right now. Part one of my interview with D.H. Jonathan slash Dan Hawkins. So let's bring to the show uh, this morning a terrific gentleman uh, from the state of Texas, the Dallas-Fort uh, Worth area. Uh, believe it or not, we talked off air. He's not so much a Cowboys fan anymore as he is a Texas Rangers fan. Maybe we'll talk about that a little. But primarily, he's coming on here to talk all about his uh, naturist life, his nudist life. He's been to a lot of naked festivals. He's uh, written a number of books uh, on the topic as well, and we'll get into that. Uh, he's done a lot of art modeling, so let's bring him to the show this morning. From Texas, Dan Hawkins. Uh, good morning, Dan. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you, Frank. I'm, I'm happy to be here. All right. Good to have you with us as well. I want to get right down to the nitty-gritty here. Okay. Uh, you know, Doing some background checks on you, I discovered that I had actually seen you maybe five, ten years ago all over the internet. There's Naked Dan all over the place. <laughs> Lots of <laughs> yeah. pictures of you. And I didn't realize you were the Dan who was coming in today until just a few days ago. Uh, so maybe just kick that off. It seems like you go to a lot of naked type festivals, uh, certainly the Bay to Breakers. I don't know if you go to the uh, uh, that one out in the desert, but what's that all about? You show up, I'm guessing you show up without w- with clothes on and then you just take them off and stay that way until somebody says, hey, you got to put your clothes on and go home. Yeah, uh, mainly Beta Breakers is a 12K race in San Francisco. Starts downtown on the yeah. uh, the Bay side, kind of mm-hmm. by the Embarcadero in San Francisco, and goes all the way through the San Francisco's on a peninsula. It goes all the way across the peninsula through Golden Gate Park to the Pacific Ocean side, which is the Breakers, hence the name. About well, before the pandemic, it was you know 40 to 50 thousand people would register for the race. And another hundred thousand would show up and either just watch the race or yeah. participate as bandits. Wow! Okay. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of 
kind of sometimes silly traditions at the race. Like at the starting area, everybody throws tortillas up in the air. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, a lot of people wear costumes and some of those costumes are re- really elaborate. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how people can walk seven and a half miles in some of those costumes. Yeah. Uh, but there's a, a select few of us who, who do it nude. And it's yeah. it's become such a tradition that it, it's it's allowed by by the San Francisco police or the government or whatever. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I started doing it in 2009. Okay. Uh, in 2012, they passed a law banning nudity on the you know public places, but yeah. they wrote in a an exception that nudity would be allowed for any event with a city permit, provided that the organizers of the event allow nudity. Okay. So that way they could keep it in beta breakers since it is such a tradition. And, and, and I gotta tell you, after doing it so many times, we're like the rock stars of the, of, of the event. You know, I mean, yeah. we get more attention and, and there's right. so few of us. And, and as years have gone by, there's even fewer and fewer of us. It's just, oh. you know, out of, out of, you know, let's say there's a hundred thousand people doing the thing. There's, there's probably one tenth of 1% of us are nude. Wow, I didn't realize that. Now, the part that fascinates me the most, you know, looking at the gazillion, 10 trillion octillion photos of you, (laughs) naked (laughs) at Beta Breakers, uh, you have a few photos by yourself, of course, but the majority seem to be with females, usually clothed females. It's like they flock to naked Dan Hawkins and want their picture taken with them. So what's going on with that? Yeah. Well, I mean, I get a lot of requests to, to stop and pose for photos. Every once in a while, I'll I'll have my camera, and whoever's taking their picture, I'll I'll get them to take one of me, one for me on my phone or my camera. Mm-hmm. I'm not really good at doing that, but I've gotten be- I've gotten better. So so most of the ones you see are, are probably from my Twitter account, uh, the Naked Dan Twitter account. So so there's a lot more out there than than what you can find on the internet because you know <laughs> most people just just keep them for themselves. So there's a lot of yeah. uh, photos I post for that I don't have copies of. Okay. Well, just tell us a little bit about the dynamic behind all that, or maybe even the psychology, if you want to go that far. You're naked as a jaybird on the streets of San Francisco, you know, the beta breakers. Yeah. And clothed females flock to you and want their picture taken with you. Uh, That's different than the naturist philosophy, which is, you know, we're all clothes free, living the clothes free life. You are living the clothes free life during that festival, as well as the rest of your life. They're not. So, how does that all come together and what do you think is behind it and what does it all mean? Uh, I think part of it, most of it is just the novelty of it. They, they, they're, yeah. they're out on the city streets and they see a naked yeah. man. They want to get their picture taken with it just to prove that it happened. Maybe I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not in their heads, but yeah. I think yeah. that's, that's the motivation behind a lot of it. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think if there were just one woman there and uh, she saw you, she probably wouldn't approach you, but you know, in the crowd, you get a little excited. Oh, what the heck? Let's have our picture taken with that guy over there. And yeah. then they have it forevermore, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and and I've noticed the last two races, they didn't have the race in 2020 and 2021 right. because of the pandemic. And it started up again 2022 and 23. Uh, there's a lot fewer people that want to pose for pictures with strangers now. You know, oh, I, I know. Wow. I, I, people have become more, I don't want to say standoffish, but they don't they don't approach each other like they like, like they used to. You think part of that's the some people got used to socially distancing from people? Is that part of it? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That that's probably a big reason for it. Well, now you have your charge. You have your mission in life to bring that back, right? Yeah, yeah I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy out there, and uh, 
uh, you know, going through all the photos, which again, I think as much as 10 years ago, I saw these photos, I saw you all of the time. And there was another guy, he called himself Mr. Smiles. Yeah. I don't know if you knew him or met up with him, but uh, he was, you two were like, you, you mentioned rock stars. To me, you were the two rock stars. You're just out there naked and enjoying life to the fullest and people are enjoying it as well. Whatever happened to him? Is he still around or? I I saw him year before last. I think I, I've never really talked to him. I've, I've just seen him at a distance, you know. And I saw him the year before last, but I, you know, I don't I don't know much about him. I did walk this year with a group. Usually, I'm I, I walk the course by myself. Okay. You know? But this year, I stayed with a group for the whole seven and a half miles. It was with the the we were shooting a lot of video for Close Free TV. I don't remember the episode number it was on, but. Uh, Corky Stanton is the guy who owns Close Free TV, and he edits all the videos. And I've never met him in person, but he uh, he's edited. I, I I shot a lot of video in 2022, and he cut it into an episode. And in 2023, Tim Chismar was there himself. He's one of the on-camera newscasters. Mm-hmm. And uh, we wind up walking the whole thing and shooting video of each other. So usually if I'm not in the shot, it's because I shot it and vice versa. If Tim's not in the shot, it's because he shot it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured you hadn't talked to uh, Mr. Smiles too often because I don't recall seeing any pictures of him or of you with other men. You're always with other women. Not, yeah, not, well, a, bad, not a bad day in the park. No, no, it's not a bad, you know, you know, I've I've posed for pictures with whoever's asked, but it's just majority of them are, are women, usually young college age women. Although I've had middle-aged and older women want their picture taken too with me. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah. Why not? Now you mentioned it's a race. uh, I think you said 12 K race. Does anybody really care about the race or who wins or is that all secondary and way down the line? There, there, there are serious runners who do it and we never yeah. see them because they're up at the start of the corrals and they take <laughs> off and, you know, we're not going to yeah. catch them. Usually yeah. they're, they're Kenyan or they're, they're like professional, like world-class athletes that do it. So it is a serious race to some people. Yeah. Uh, but then you can uh, do the other thing, just walk and, and enjoy life or you can get naked and enjoy life. And yeah, wasn't there a time in San Francisco, you mentioned up till 2012, before that you could pretty much be almost naked anytime in san francisco you didn't have to have a permit just let it all hang out right yeah uh i think it was after the 2012 race i walked almost all the way back to my my the place i was staying in the hostel uh naked i I walked all i walked down uh market street naked (laughs) after the race there wasn't a race going on it was just regular business and i was just walking naked yeah, I thought so. I thought that they were fairly lenient on that, but they, yeah. do you know why they clamped down on it? Uh, complaints uh, from the crowd or politicians get involved or what? Politicians getting involved mainly, you know, trying yeah. to curry favor with businesses and voters and whatnot. There you go. There you go. What about the, the burning man thing? It's out in the desert somewhere, Utah, Montana, wherever that is. Uh, have you been to that? Yeah, I think it's in Nevada. Nevada. I've never been. Okay. It's one of the things I've wanted to go to, but I've, I've mm-hmm. never been to that one. Okay, but you enjoy uh, being naked 25 hours a day whenever possible, and uh, whether it's out in public or in your home or anywhere in between, that's basically the life you're leading, right? I try, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, one of my jobs is an art model, and and, yeah. and I do that because, you know, I, I get to be nude. In fact, when I show up to an art class and they want me to pose in, in costume or clothes or portrait, 
It's like I'm disappointed. It's like I, you're not drawing the real me. You're drawing the the cost the the disguise I have to wear in society. Yeah, well, you got to charge them double for those sessions, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I should. <laughs> well, let's get into that part now. Uh, you know, modeling, uh, nude modeling for an art class. I've seen this on TV a lot or in the movies. You see scenes, and I've never actually been to an art class like that. I've considered it. I have no artistic skills, but I thought, you know, why don't I just sign up for a course just so I can you know, paint somebody uh, who's posing nude for me. Uh, but that would be kind of silly as well. So how does that work? Now, you, you walk in, you have your clothes on, of course, and at some point they come off. And uh, from what people have told me, uh, any kind of modeling, but especially new modeling, it's not easy to do because you have to hold poses for a long time mm-hmm. and it can get, uh, you know, kind of tiring on your body. So maybe just take us through uh, what's that all about, nude modeling for an art class? Well, the classes are usually three hours long. Uh, oh. I, I always try to get there early. I mean, yeah. especially if I'm going into Dallas, because I don't know what the traffic's going to be like. Right. So I, I, I plan ahead, you know, and so I get there really early. So I've got a lot of downtime. I'll usually change into a robe. So I, mm-hmm. I get rid of the little elastic waistband marks or whatever marks from the clothes. You know, my socks usually leave uh, marks on my ankles. I change into a robe, you know, try to change, get changed, you know, at least 10 minutes before the start of the class. Now, if it's an instructed class, like a college credit course, the instructor will start with some instructions. So I'm usually not on the platform right at the start time, but I'm ready to go just in case he or she wants me to get up there at at that time. Every class is different because each professor, art professor, teacher, whatever you want to call them, has different teaching styles. A lot of them will start with short gesture poses. They'll be like one minute poses. And the, mm-hmm. and the students stand at their easels and, and, and they, they get their arms going. And it's, it's an exercise in seeing, seeing the figure, determining where the weight is and trying to get that on the paper as fast as possible. But it gets their mm-hmm. arms loose. And then we'll move into longer poses, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. That, that's like a typical beginning figure drawing class. Now, okay. there's some other classes, like I, I pose for an atelier here in Fort Worth that does classical realism. And so I'll go in there and I'll do one pose the whole three hours with, with breaks every 20 minutes. But, you know, we'll, we'll put tape on the platform for where my feet are. And then I just get back into the pose and I've done this for 38 years. So I'm, I'm pretty good at getting back into a pose after, after, after a break. Now, if you move, you know, during a pose that you mentioned 20 minutes or so, and let's say 10 minutes in, uh, you have a slight irritation on your arm, you know, you need to scratch your arm really quickly, two seconds and you're done. Does that mess the students up for their concentration or their focus? Well, I've learned over the years to just ignore itches and they go away. So that doesn't mm-hmm. happen to me a lot. Every once in a while, I'll have to move something and because you know, okay. there's a, uh, I've had a fly in the studio before that just sure, wouldn't yeah. go away. And, you know, I'll try yeah. to squat up the fly and scratch, mm-hmm. but uh, and like I said, it's real quick and I get back into the pose and, and nobody seems to be affected by that because, you know, they, they know they're drawing a living, breathing human being. They're not drawing yeah. a, a still life, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, you know, the question I want to ask about this, you know, as a naturist, if somebody comes before me and takes their clothes off, it's like, OK, that's nice. And, you know, my name is and what's your name? We just start talking. Not a big deal. Yeah. But I'm guessing most of the art students are not necessarily naturists. So you walk in, you get naked. How do they react? Are they just so focused on the art, on the art? You could be naked or have 10 layers of clothes on. They don't care. Or is there at least an initial reaction? Like, Whoa, this guy has no clothes on. What's going on here? 
well, most of the classes I do, the students or the artists are, are, are used to it. You know, they, they, they don't bat an eye. They just get into the, the drawing and it's, it's all about shadows and shapes and weight distribution and, and anatomy and, and, and they're just drawing. Uh, every once in a while I'll go into a class and it's early in the semester and they've never had a model before. And, uh, I'll drop the robe and I'll, I'll see some reactions, some blushing or, or something, you know, but that's, that doesn't happen that often. Cause you know, if you only have your first time drawing a nude model once. And <laughs> that's true. there was a, there was a young lady, this was years and years ago, like 1988, I, I got on the platform and I took the robe off and I, she was a, a young blonde lady. So I could see her turn red, her face just oh, turned okay. red and she turned away. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. the next semester I'm back in that class and the same, same young lady is up the, right there at the front. I dropped the robe. It's not a reaction at all. Just start drawing. Yeah. So, so people get used to it. And I'm guessing a lot of these, uh, if they're college classes, it's a serious deal for them. They're doing it for a grade or possibly as a stepping stone for their career. Uh, yeah. So to them, it's it, they can't just sit around and look at you and admire your body. They have work to do, right? The real studious ones are trying to get better at at their art. Right. Uh, some of the less students, when they just want to pass the class or get a get an A or B in the class, Right. Uh, but, but yeah, most of them are very serious. They're, 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 they're concentrated on the work and it, it, it doesn't matter to them. I think that I'm, I'm not clothed. Right. Now, are there other opportunities to do new modeling? Obviously college art classes is a way to go or community college. Yeah. Any other opportunities for that uh, for you? Uh, I've done a, a, a couple of like little performance art pieces at, at, at a gal at galleries. I've also done, uh, like a body painting exhibit or it's part of an, it's, it's part of an art show. I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've agreed to get naked to, to, to be body painted as part of this, the show at a gallery, a gallery, but majority of it is, it's just draw, figure drawing some painting. I don't get to do sculpture that much. I don't know why I, I would love to, to pose for more sculpture classes, but I just, there's, sure. there's not that many. What about uh, photography classes? Anything like that available? Uh, I've, I've done some, but it's been a while and they're just, I just haven't done that much. Uh, I did one years and years ago called nude in the landscape where we were outdoors and, and I just took poses and, and, uh, I don't, I don't know. Photography is different cause you don't have to really hold a pose that long. You just click, 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 you know, take a pose, click, take a pose, click. And it, it's a little different dynamic, I think. So anytime, at least on my end, and I'm guessing a lot of people, they see Dan Hawkins out there. He just has no clothes on. He's posing for this art class or he's going to beta breakers. He's just naked 25 hours a day. So the question is, and of course, you, you mentioned you've been doing the nude modeling 38 years. When did all of this start? Were you a naturist uh, as a child growing up or just something you uh, developed later on? We were not naturists in my family. You know, we only got naked to take a bath and to change right. into and out of swimsuits. Right. Uh, but I was always fascinated by, I always loved being naked. In fact, in, I guess, middle school, high or early high school, I would, you know, find a secluded place at night and just walk, you know, go for a little naked walk just to feel the air on, on my skin. And, right. uh, in fact, there was a, a storage facility being built close to where, close to our house. While it was under construction, nobody was there. There was no gates, so I and nobody was, you know. I just I I take my clothes off and store them in one of the 
one of the storage bins. It didn't even have a door on it yet because it's still working on it and just walk around the, yeah. the, the area uh, just just to get the feel of it, just to be naked yeah. outside in, in the, I want to say sunshine, but it was always night. <laughs> I didn't yeah. get to be naked in the sunshine until I grew up and, and went to my first nudist resort yeah. when I was 18 years old, 18 or 19. I actually started art modeling before I went to a nudist resort. I, I, oh, I was okay. my first year of college. I was 18 years old and I was talking to a young lady in the dining hall close to the dorm I was living. And she said she drew naked people in her class. And I just immediately wanted to do it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I went and signed up and I didn't model for a class she was in, but I did model for some of the other classes. But my first time was, I still remember the date. It was November 6, 1984. It was an evening class. It was actually, it wasn't a class. It was an open session. People could come and pay money and draw the modeling. Okay. And then they take the money that the people had paid and pay the model with it. Yeah. Uh, but that, that was an election night. A lot of people stayed home to watch the election return. So uh, there were only two people that showed up to draw that night. So I don't even think we went the whole three hours because they're, you know, they didn't want to pay, they didn't want to underpay me. So they, <laughs> but it was a, it was a fun experience. And uh, so I've, I've kept doing it all this, all this time. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, you know, walking around naked in that facility they were building. Uh, you know, I've done the same thing since I was a youth, always outside naked, every chance I got, yeah. appropriately so, you know, not jumping out of the bushes, just one of my clothes off. I, I didn't want anyone to see me. I just wanted to be outside naked. There's a uh, segment of the population that will think, well, that's just weird stuff. That's abnormal behavior. To me, it's very normal. How yeah. would you respond to those people who say, Dan, what the heck? Are you nuts walking outside naked? How do you respond to that? I would say, well, this is it's the way God created me. I mean, we're all naked under our clothes. We were all born this way. Uh, yeah. It's society that tells us we have to cover up. Yeah. And uh, it, it's interesting. I I wrote a sermon. I didn't really write a sermon, but I wrote a scene, a sermon scene in, in my last novel. The, the whole idea of it didn't really come to me until I was in the middle of writing it. The clothes are a symbol of our separation from God. Mm. We were naked in the Garden of Eden. Mm. When we sinned, ate the apple or whatever, the fruit from the tree of knowledge, that's when we started feeling shame and trying to hide from God. And then God came down and said, well, those fig leaves aren't going to do it for you. So here, I'm going to kill an animal and you can have its yeah. skin. I'm yeah. going to show you what <laughs> what you've done. Yeah. And we were banished from the garden. And since then, we've worn clothes. And it's just it's like symbolic of our, our separation from God. And then when in the Christian theology, when Jesus came and died for our sins, when he died, he was naked. Oh, yeah. They, they the don't cross. tell you that, but but it was. Yeah. Question. When he that's was resurrected, he left his grave clothes in the grave. Yeah, that's right. So, so yeah. So clothes are symbolic of, of the separation from God. That's what I that's what I've started to tell people. That's not a bad way to put it. And I had somebody tell me uh, the Basically, way back when, you know, 3,000, 4,000 years ago, uh, prophets went around to speak. And, of course, they didn't have clothes then. They didn't have a Target or a Walmart to go buy a pair of jeans and a shirt. Yeah. So they wore robes. And they were naked except for a robe. That's how they walked around. But the prophets would show up and people would gather to hear them. And in the Bible, it says he removed his robe and began to preach. Uh, the part that's left out is he didn't have anything else on. So that these prophets yeah. were preaching while naked. Yeah. And if that isn't about as natural and normal as it gets, I don't know what is. Uh, but we still get some resistance, don't we, uh, from the non-naturist community? Yeah, yeah. And it's just a societal 
tradition or yeah. pressure or whatever it is. And I think it became more prevalent once we got r- running water in, in our dwellings mm-hmm. uh, because you didn't have to bathe outside. You didn't. You, oh, that's true. Yeah. You just bathe inside because you've got, you've got the spigots and you turn them on and showers and baths are, and, and it's all indoors now. And you don't have, cause you know, it was entirely normal to bathe outside. Yeah. And yeah when exactly. David when, in the Bible, when David was looking at Bathsheba bathing, outside well, she's doing what everybody did everybody bathed outside she wasn't doing anything wrong it was david who was doing something wrong yeah, <laughs> right. <after> her. <laughs> there, could, there could have been a hundred people bathing and his eyes were only focused on her you know they don't tell you yeah. that she was alone or anything like that but yeah it's just um, it, it's just one of those areas that to me not enough people have uh, come to understand and they certainly haven't embraced it uh, i guess minimally some people will say well if that's what you want to do go ahead and do it and i guess i'm okay with that uh, but I'm always encouraging people to try it. They don't have to try it with me. They can try it alone. You know, go in your backyard uh, where nobody can see you if you have a backyard accordingly. You yeah. know, just take your clothes off and take in the fresh air and as it blows on your skin and the sunshine. And I'm convinced, and not everybody is, but I'm convinced if people try it, they're going to say, why didn't I do this years ago? Have yeah. you found that to be the case with a lot of people? Yeah, yeah. A lot of people, you know, I talk to a lot of people at nearest resorts. Uh, usually, you know, we're in the hot tub or in the pool and they, they tell me their story of how they first came to it. And it, it was like, once I got, once I got there, it's like, well, why didn't I do this all along? I, I guess <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky that I started doing it at, at such a young age, you know, mm-hmm. modeling at 18, going to a nudist resort. I think it was still 18 the first time I've gotten to participate in that most, you know, all of my adult life. So. Yeah. 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 You're definitely uh, at the advanced stages of naturism, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, let's talk about your books. We're talking to uh, Dan Hawkins today about naturism, his uh, background. Uh, when he writes books, he goes by his pen name, D.H. Jonathan. And you have a number of books out there on uh, nudism, naturism. I see one, The Girl Who Stopped Wearing Clothes. That's, that's a great title for a book because we can kind of picture what that might be about. But if you don't mind, just take us uh, through your books and what you're trying to get across and uh, some of the meaning behind uh, the books that you write. Okay. Well, the first book that I did uh, is called The Volunteer, and volunteers in quotation marks. So she didn't really volunteer, but it's about a sociology experiment conducted on a university campus. And, and the sociology experiment is in public nudity. The professor running it wants to look at how a naked per- a person who's naked all the time is treated in society. Is she shunned? Is she ostracized? Is she accepted? Is she tolerated? Or is she embraced? That's that's what she wants to look at. Of course, the, the, the focus of the book is on the young woman who is naked the whole time. Uh, yeah. What's she feeling and, and thinking the whole time? And how do those thoughts and feelings change as she progresses in this experiment? And she, she has to go naked everywhere in the yeah. book. She, you know, classes, dorm, dining hall, uh, study, everywhere on campus. Yeah. And it's set in California where the laws are, you know, a little more open to nudity and the, the, the university is fictional. I, I, I called it the Coachella Valley university. It said it okay. near Palm desert. Yeah. Uh, Cause I don't want my character being cold while she's naked. <laughs> <laughs> Very smart. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, that book is still sells more than my other books. I think. Uh, oh yeah. The second book was called life models and it's mm-hmm. about two art models that they, they, they meet each other 
for they're naked the first time they ever see each other because they're posing for a class and and it's it, it's got it's basically a love story between the two the two characters. Uh, there are some other issues that come up, issues that I've been involved with that, that they encounter. And then the third book is The Girl Who Stopped Wearing Clothes, and it's a sequel to The Volunteer. Mm-hmm. And The Girl Who Stopped Wearing Clothes, it's kind of a meta sequel because in the girl in, in the new book, Danny, the character Naked Danny, she actually wrote The Volunteer. The Volunteer book is actually a thing in in the sequel. Yeah, so in The Girl Who Stopped Wearing Clothes. A uh, up up and coming producer finds a copy of her book, The Volunteer. He reads it. He arranges a meeting with her and her agent. She's got an agent now since she published this book and wants to do a reality TV show based on her experiences. Okay. And, then, and he tells her that he wants to call the show The Girl Who Stopped Wearing Clothes to kind of capitalize on the the name of other things, you know, like The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo or, you know, there's a lot of titles like that. So so that title is the title of a reality show that she's doing. And, of course, the, the professor who started the whole thing is expanding her study and she recruits a young man to be naked 24-7 on campus. Okay. So it's kind of an expansion of the whole idea it's more about how society reacts to her, whereas the volunteer was all about her experiences, what she thinks and feels. So it's a little change in direction. Yeah. Now, out of curiosity, where did you get that concept? Is that actually taking place on a college campus that you know of? Is it something you created or where did it come from? Well, I mean, it started while I was art modeling because, you know, I'm naked yeah. and I'm pretty much isolated because right. I'm in a pose. So I'm just alone in my own head. And right. I started thinking, well, what if a person could just be naked all the yeah. time? And then I thought, well, that's not good enough for a, a, a story. We need some conflict. Mm-hmm. So then I thought, what if a person had to be naked all the yeah. time? And so that's kind of how the idea started. And then when I came up with the the idea for the, the uh, sociology experiment, I based it on a real guy at U- U- University of California, Berkeley. His name was Andrew Martinez. He just started going naked everywhere. <laughs> okay. not, not part of a study or an experiment. He just started going naked. Yeah. And uh, they finally stopped him by changing the laws and saying you couldn't be naked on campus yeah. at U- UCAL Berkeley anymore. And then the city of Berkeley changed their laws so it said that you couldn't be naked out on the streets anymore. Oh, wow. so. <laughs> Isn't he the, is he the same one who uh, they were going to expel him and he showed up at his, at his expulsion hearing naked? I think so. Yeah, this was in like 1992, yeah. 93, somewhere around that that time yeah. from I remember seeing him on a, a talk show. I think it was Sally Jesse Raphael. Yeah. And I think he showed up. He sat at, in, in the studio at the talk show naked, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, it's been so long ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the, the whole interesting uh, phenomenon about the, the whole nudism, naturism thing is if you never do it, you're never around it. It, it can be shocking. But if you do yeah. it all the time, like that girl from your book who had to do everything naked, walk around campus, eat lunch, uh, naked, naked, naked. After a while, I'm guessing people, oh, yeah, there's a naked girl, whatever. You know, let's go to class now. Yeah. Not a big deal once you get used to it, right? Yeah. There's a quote I've seen. I can't remember who, who it's attributed to, but it says that nudity, when generally practiced, become quickly becomes unremarkable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there you go, part one of my interview with the terrific D.H. Jonathan slash Dan Hawkins. Check out his books, dhjonathan.com, and I think you'll uh, love everything that you see there. 
You've been listening to Naked, Nudists, and Naturists, Episode 7 today. We really thank you for being with us. And don't forget to come back next week for Episode 8 of Naked, Nudists, and Naturists. Plan to join us for every single one of our shows here and have your clothes off when you're listening. We have our clothes off when we're broadcasting, enjoying the Naturist life. We celebrate clothes-free living for all. Remember to enjoy being naked and join us again for Naked, Nudists, and Naturists. We drop a brand new show every Saturday morning, so come back and join us. Have your clothes off when you do for Naked, Nudists, and Naturists. Have a great clothes-free day. Mm-hmm.